I met Nancy when my life was imploding. I worked at a group home where she lived as a direct support professional. Nancy was in her 50s. She was sophisticated. She watched the news every evening. I never watched the news. She was artistic, and Nancy was quiet. Her impairment um, made it hard for her to articulate words, and she slurred her speech a lot, and it was really difficult to understand words that she was speaking, and so Nancy remained, for the most part, silent. And at the time, I was young and deeply uncomfortable with silence. I didn't like being left alone to my thoughts, and when I met Nancy, my mind was teeming with thoughts. None of them were good. I was working part-time at this home. I was working part-time directing a, a student ministry. I was struggling to pay my bills. I'd been then asked to step down from ministry on the basis of my orientation. That six-month deferment on my student loans was coming to an end. I had no prospects for a job. In fact, my career had ended before it began. And I would wake up every morning wondering, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? It was all I could do to pull myself out of bed at 1.30 in the afternoon to get to my 2 o'clock shift. And there was Nancy, quiet, expectant, and completely unknown to me. We had just met. So to fill the time, we would walk together. And as we ambled around the neighborhood, I didn't really know how to talk to Nancy, so I would pester her with yes or no questions. She would kind of, after a while, roll her eyes and breathe heavy sighs, as if to say, Elisa, can you please be quiet? You see, all I wanted was for someone to fill the space. I was desperate for noise, desperate to escape thoughts that were telling me the worst narratives about myself, but Nancy wasn't talking. And I remember this one day, it was the beginning of October, and I was just heartbroken. I wanted to jump out of my skin to be anyone else on the planet. My chest was tight, and it was hard to breathe. You know when you're really sad and your chest gets tight, like there's a pressure on it? And I just felt like I couldn't breathe, and it may be dramatic, but on this day, I just felt like I can't go on. I just can't. But Nancy just came over to me and took my hand to indicate that she was ready for our daily walk. So against every instinct in my body, I stood up, took a step, took a breath, 
and suddenly I was overcome with the impression that that breath that I had taken had been handed to me. And as the walk unfolded, I took another breath that was handed to me. And God and I became engaged in this intense, silent dialogue. And I just kept thinking, I can't, God, I can't. And each time that inner voice was met with a hand unfolding, saying, Elisa, here's the next one. One by one, moment by moment, step by step, as Nancy silently set pace beside me. And as we approached the maple tree that was our turning point to head back to the house, the breeze picked up. And one of those small swells that just feels really perfect against your skin, you know what I'm talking about? And it was like a sip of cool, refreshing water. And that's how things were for months, really. Daily walks with Nancy, step by step, utterly dependent on God simply for the next breath. And I couldn't help but think about these moments with Nancy when I read the Exodus account of the Israelites at the Rock of Horeb. And the Israelites have been brought out of Egypt. They've been sent into the wilderness. And we find them pleading, yearning for water, panicking, feeling like they just might die. Sometimes drinking is like that. Just to give you a taste of the landscape of this moment in scripture, I'm going to invite uh, Sheldon to just share a clip of a drone video that's flying over the rock of Horeb. I mean, come on, Israel, what's your problem? (sighs) Pull yourselves up by your sandal straps and get walking. I have to say, when I saw that video, all I could think was, yeah, that's kind of a good analogy for my inner life in my early 20s when I met Nancy. It looked like a desolate wasteland. When we see that landscape, it's really not hard to imagine the panic of a displaced people wondering, how are we going to survive? And when I think about my season of life with Nancy, that was the question that I was answering. I was yearning for Nancy to offer me the thing that I thought I needed most, just some noise to fill the space. And just like Moses, Nancy took me for a walk and led me to the source. 
And if you look at your bulletin cover, you can see an artistic rendering of water gushing forth at the rock of Horeb. It's a really beautiful image. But unlike the gushing fountain that's pouring out of that rock, my experience at the time was closer to being handed a teaspoon at a time of water to quench the thirst that I had. Sometimes drinking is like that. So this summer we've been hearing drinking stories from various people in our congregation and listening to the ways that people respond to Jesus' invitation to come and drink, to drink of spiritual waters that in John 4 verses 13 and 14 tell us will become in us a spring gushing up into eternal life. John 7, as we heard, Jesus tells those gathered, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. And N.T. Wright describes these living waters as God's refreshing personal presence. That struck me. So a really natural response to this verse of Jesus' invitation is to say, well, how do I do that? How do I drink of these waters of God's refreshing personal presence? And the beauty of a church this size is that there are many answers to that question. So today, I'm just going to share part of my own drinking story, not from a position of piety or to say this is how everyone should be drinking, but to simply add my own color to the vibrant tapestry of our collective personality. What's beautiful about a congregation is how different personalities, quirks, and gifts join together in mutuality to walk out our faith. And our diverse personalities remind us that God calls the church to, as Richard Rohr puts it, unity, not uniformity. Another benefit of hearing drinking stories from different people is that we get a sense of how people connect with God at different points in our lives. Throughout the different seasons, different emotions, different circumstances. How do we connect when we are grieving? How do we connect when we're content? And all of the things that happen in between. We don't always feel voluntarily drawn to the well. Sometimes we come crawling, parched, and demanding satisfaction. Sometimes drinking is like that. My season of walking with Nancy was like that. I was at a rock bottom moment in my life, but it was also a moment when my relationship with God became real, gritty, granular. It was a moment when the assumptions about what it looked like to drink Jesus living waters were completely shattered. 
maybe the Christian path wasn't about supporting Christian media industries. Maybe I didn't have to listen to contemporary Christian radio all the time on my commutes to and from work. Maybe I didn't have to purchase dozens of devotional books from Christian light to tell me what it meant to become a woman of God. Maybe the sins I needed to address were not characteristics that I could not change. Maybe the most pressing sin that needed to be addressed was the crushing fear that I was utterly repulsive to God. And all of the coping mechanisms and the secrecy that allowed my shame and dishonesty to fester. My walking season with Nancy was a crash course in what the mystic brother Lawrence calls practicing the presence of God. I didn't have to be afraid to be alone with my thoughts because I wasn't alone. So I began pouring my thoughts out, all my fears, all my insecurities onto paper as a physical manifestation of sharing them with God, not asking God to fix them, but just trying for the first time in my life to be authentic in space with God. Sometimes drinking is like this, opening a channel of vulnerability and authenticity. This way of practicing the presence of God was messy. I didn't look like a person who had their stuff together. In fact, I I looked quite the opposite. I ate a lot of Little Caesars pizza at this point in my life. I wrote embarrassingly bad poetry daily. I listened to breakup music in the car and sang really loud because I felt like I had been broken up with by the church. And while I did that, I cried ugly tears. But I did it with a growing awareness that I wasn't alone. And if God is ever present, then I was going to expose all of the things that I had been ashamed to let God see. Sometimes drinking is like this. I was working split shifts, uh, so that's like six to nine in the morning, and then I'd have this weird wonky time until two o'clock when I had to be back at work. And so what I would do is I would stop at the library and I would start picking out movies. And like a sad kid with an imaginary friend, I would pop the movie in the DVD player and I would silently invite God to watch it with me. Sometimes drinking is like this. When there was a really good quote in the movie, we wouldn't just keep watching, I'd pause it, and we would just let the quote sit in the air, mingling our thoughts together in silence. At that same time in my life, a friend of mine introduced me to slam poetry and I would stumble down rabbit holes on YouTube, listening to poem after poem until I began to hear the poems as prayers. I would get lost in strings of words. Anise Majgani, Derek C. Brown, Sarah Kay, Andrea Gibson. 
I'd read the poems aloud, feeling the weight of the words on my tongue. I'd sense their presence in my body. Just to give you an insight of what this looked like for me, I have one of my favorites to share for you. So Sheldon, I'll invite you to share the clip. How are you all doing? Good. Come closer. Come into this. You are quite the beauty. If no one has ever told you that before, know that right now. You are quite the beauty. There is joy in how your mouths dance with your teeth. Your smiles are simply signs of how sacred your life actually is. He made you, and he was happy. You make the Lord happy. Come into this. Come closer. Know that something softer than us, but just as holy, planted pieces of himself into our feet that we might one day dance our way back. Know that you are almost home. Come just a little bit closer. There are birds beating their wings beneath your breastplates. Gentle sparrows that ache to sing. Come aching hearts. Come soldiers of joy, dormant of truth. Know that my heart was too big for my body, so I let it go. And most days, this world is thin to me. To the point where I'm just another cloud, forgetting another flock of swans. But believe me when I tell you that my soul has managed to squeeze itself into such narrow spaces. Place your hands beneath your heads when you sleep tonight, and perhaps you will find it there, making beauty as we sleep, as we dream, as we turn over. When we turn over in the ground, may the ghosts that we have asked answers of do that turning, kneading us into crumbs of light and into this thing-loved thing called life. Come into it. Come, you wooden museums, gentle tigers, little giants. I see teacups upside down, blowing across your grins. Your hearts are like my hands. Some days all they do is tremble. I am like you. I am like you. I too at times am filled with so much fear. So much fear, but like a hallway, must find the strength to walk through it. Walk through this with me. Through this church of blood, bone, and muscle that is ours. There is a doorknob glowing like chance before you. Grab it, turn, and pull. Step through. Back straight. Chin up. Eyes open, hearts loud. Walk through this with me. Walk through this with me. Thank you. Over the years, this love of poetry has grown into long ambles in the woods with a Mary Oliver tucked in the backpack. Sometimes when we get to the stream, we just sit down, pull out a granola bar, and have a little time with Mary. I became avid about the process of creation. I listened to movie commentaries, literary interviews with Toni Morrison and Angela Davis. I'd watch the Hollywood Reporter roundtable. So every year when the Oscars are coming up, they gather all the you know, nominated actors around the table and they just pester them with questions about their process. It's really presumptuous. Sometimes drinking is like this. And I'd listened 
As I listened to these processes, I wondered if perhaps this image of God that we bear as humans, the creative spark that draws us to build things, to grow things in the soil, to sketch portraits, to write songs, to cook up a delicious meal, to bake that fresh loaf of bread. Might this be the image of God in us? A little bit later, not much later, I was invited to come on a retreat up in York, and I was introduced to the St. Ignatius Prayer practice of daily examine. And in this practice, a person is invited to reflect thoughtfully on their day. There's five steps that we use. One, place yourself in God's presence and acknowledge God's love for you. I didn't know you could do that. (laughs) Two, Pray for the grace to notice where God is acting in your life. I didn't know you could do that. (laughs) I thought you just read scripture and God told you what to do and you just did it or you didn't. And if you didn't, three, review your day. Recall specific moments and your feelings at the time. Four, reflect on what you did, said, thought in those instances. Ask yourself, when today did I have the deepest sense of connection with God, with others, with self? When today did I have the least sense of connection? Sit with that question. Notice where the patterns are. Notice where your personality gives light and space for God to move. Five, look toward tomorrow. How do you hope to partner with the kingdom work of Jesus the next day? Sometimes drinking is like this. Sometimes it looks like curating a library of music for the theology that is growing inside you and putting away songs that no longer fit, painstakingly searching for music that sings what God has been stirring in your heart and finding that perfect playlist for your life. Sometimes drinking is like this. What songs authentically lead me to a posture of worship Lead me to a space where I can express what I'm actually feeling. What are the love songs that actually reflect what marriage is like? Sometimes drinking is like this. A quest for that soundtrack. Sometimes drinking is sitting with a passage of scripture and reading it and rereading it, chewing on it prayerfully, noticing what words or phrases kind of rise to the surface. What words or phrases are unsettling? Which words or phrases inspire me with new desires or serve as just good old reminders? 
Sometimes I get pushed to read the voices of people who would hear that scripture passage very differently than me based on their own situations in life. Sometimes drinking is like this, going outside of our typical streams and drinking from someone else's well. Like a true millennial, I often use applications to drink. Sometimes drinking is lighting a candle for the prayers I can't find words to speak. Sometimes drinking is a podcast. Sometimes drinking is spending time with people who have been pushed to the margins. When I worked in disability services, my mentor, Betsy, said, if you don't hear anything that we teach you, hear this, stay close to vulnerable people. Befriend them. Don't help them. Get to know them. Sometimes drinking is like this. Sometimes drinking is getting far away from home until all of the noise goes away. Sometimes drinking is paddling on a kayak at Speedwell Forge. In letters to Malcolm, C.S. Lewis writes, we may ignore, but we can now nowhere evade the presence of God. The world is crowded with him. He walks everywhere incognito. So friends, keep your eyes open for the wells that do not run dry. Last week, Todd told us that the gates of heaven are everywhere. Perhaps the wells too. The wells which enable us to encounter this refreshing personal presence of God, which quenches the thirst of our spirit. Come and drink. Sometimes drinking is a drink with an old friend at a bar. Come and drink. Amen.